is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study time. Before we do, we have another quiz, another question for our quiz. Correct. Lawson's going to bring it to you. It's your opportunity to get your name in the hat for this week's prize, which is absolutely amazing. All right. Rahab was saved from what? City. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. I hope you do. This story is incredibly famous and Rahab being someone who, she was saved from the city. She enabled people, to, other people to be saved from the city too. An amazing uh, act of faith on, on her part. But if you know the answer to this, you will go into the draw to win our KJV Bible with Mark St- Finley Study Helps as well as answers to difficult Bibles texts. Now, this this Bible... It's like, how how can I put on my best salesman impression and just tell you that it's amazing? I you should you should receive it. Uh, yeah, it's a big leather Bible, perfect for reading, for studying in, and again with study helps in the front. So it's perfect for taking out to do Bible studies with. Others, if you want to teach from the Bible, well, these Bible studies are in there, ready to go, as well as answers to difficult Bible texts, giving you the ability to, in a small way, become your own theologian and learn about what the Bible says about these different texts. But hey, that question was, Rahab was saved from what city? 0491-064-669. All right, let's go to text messages to see what you had to say about the first half of the show. And just want to remind everybody that Monica has sent through, you know, Mon, we all love Mon here on The Breakfast Show. Mm. She's done about a month's work this Mm. year, just donated her time Mm. to supporting The Breakfast Show. And, of course, yesterday we had the terrible news that she had lost her home, Mm. left basically with just the dress that she was standing Mm. in, lost absolutely everything. And so, you know, we started a, well, a GoFundMe was started. We gave her some support here. And you as listeners sent in a tremendous amount of support. Mm. Uh, It's just remarkable. I'm actually staggered by the amount Mm. of support that has come in. If you'd like information about that GoFundMe, then give us a call on 0491-064-669. Or text us and we'll send through the link. Yeah, absolutely. And you can uh, make some donations. Help Mon get back on her feet again. But she just uh, wanted to text through here and say, look, she says, can you please tell the listeners thank you so much. I'm so touched by all the prayers and messages and all the people donating to the GoFundMe. I appreciate it more than I can say. I'm overwhelmed and disoriented, but I am positive for the future and Mm. content that God will provide and lead. So a great message of hope there from Mon. And just continue to keep her in your prayers. Mm. Heading to other text messages, we have this one coming through from Braden, which says, allowing kids to choose their own path is such rubbish. If a child had a choice, some would eat junk food until they were sick. Others would go, would only go other. Yep. Lyle can't read. No, this is what happens when you get text messages in the middle of reading a text message and, and it just disappears, it scrolls away and says, I've got to scroll back to where it was. Mm-hmm. Others would only go to bed when they physically crashed. The emotional and, emotional and physical damage done to children to allow them to do what they want is massive and will result in very unstable adults. Mm-hmm. If they make it that far, if, if they make it that far, this is child abuse by neglect. Mm. Even if you are providing their need of shelter and food, it is still neglect. Mm. There is a reason why children cannot do certain things, and they are certainly not ready to be responsible for their own upbringing. Mm. We direct children's lives because we love them and want what is best for them. Well done, Braden. Mm. Thank you for sending that through. Uh, I think that really summarises it up so well. And if anybody wants to really 
see a story of the contrast between these two, uh, I'd recommend the book The Richest Caveman by Doug Batchelor. Mm. Uh, it's his personal testimony, his journey of faith, and uh, he his father was a, you know, a billionaire businessman. Mm-hmm. His mother was a Hollywood personality, and so they had pretty much opposite views of education. Mm-hmm. His parents didn't stay together very long, and so when he was in his father's care, he was father would send him to military school. Mm. Really strict discipline. Mm. When he was in his mother's care, she'd send him to hippie school. Wow. They only had one rule. There are no rules. <laughs> and it's interesting to see how these two different schools affected him. Mm. Of course, in the hippie school, they never went to school. They never went to classes because they didn't have to. Mm. They'd wander around the bush, they'd get into trouble, they'd be in trouble with the law, the police would be up there all the time. Uh, he was miserable and just hated life. Mm-hmm. Put him in military school, yeah, pretty full-on discipline, but he thrived, he became a leader, uh, he became in charge of you know a whole dormitory of kids you know, because he had that natural ability and so mm. forth, you know, and was happy and secure and content. It's a very, very, very good uh, illustration of two different ways of raising children and the effects that it has. Mm. All right, Carrad says that Tob uh, Sampson's show in the mirror included an interview with a man in love with an AI. Sad, crazy times. It included other scary sections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can replay it online on uh, 10 play apparently. Yikes. Yeah, well, you know that's going to happen. Now, that is the, un- you know, we're talking about uh, how AI is now, like, writing people's essays and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, don't fall Maybe in love with it. Maybe we should have it. said that. Don't fall in love with a chatbot, please. No. That's, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is not healthy. Not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, then another text here says, Glad to hear that Mon is in good spirits. We are praying for you. Um, and another one on artificial intelligence. I don't see the problem. I could do with some of that. Uh, See, this is the thing: is that the artificial intelligence they don't get it right all the time. No, like these open AI not, that people are the, the people are plugging prompts into and are writing essays. But instead of uh, an assignment taking two hours, and that takes twenty minutes because you write in the prompt, it writes a bunch of stuff, you go through and edit it, and then you're done. Yes, not good for education. Definitely not, not good, good for, for education. Stuff. And now the question is, okay, well, how do you tell what's real and what's fake? And it's like, oh, I, I, I assume like in the past, maybe it'd be a lot easier to determine what an AI wrote. But if the AI is running on human parameters, because that's what they do, they, mm. it's like, how can the AI come up with this stuff? They just plug a bunch of parameters into it. If it's running on human parameters succinctly enough surely and and from what i'm reading it's like the ai sounds like it's writing something that a human would write and if it if you have a detector that says no this is actually written by an ai but then it's like what if it was just a human it's ooh, it's pretty wild stuff yikes uh michigan legislation common sense is not dead praise the lord but it is also shows the demonic minds of of the other side Mm. that is what happens when you turn away from god from the word of god and from god himself Another one on parental rights. Parental rights given to humanity by God. Government is taking that right away. God knows what and why they are doing it, and then the judgment. There is no escape. Mm. Heavy stuff right there. Let's jump into our Bible study because I was really keen to get into these passages this morning. We're going to the book of Isaiah, chapter 26. 
and verse 14. Isaiah 26 and verse See if this verse doesn't smack you between the eyes like with a sledgehammer. Now, I'm not sure what your translation is going to say, but I know what my translation says on Isaiah 26 and verse 14. Uh, Lawson, bring it to us. Those we served before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attacked them and destroyed them, and they are long forgotten. Uh, mine's way better. Here it okay. comes. I should, I should have started with mine. Uh-huh. They are dead. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing it says. They nice. are dead. They're dead. They shall not live. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this, is this like up front or what? Yeah. They are dead, comma, they shall not live, comma, they are deceased. Comma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, is that it? No, it's, 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 it's they shall not rise. Uh-huh. It, and then colon uh-huh. or semicolon. The two dots. What's that one called? That's a colon. Colon. Mm-hmm. I thought a colon was something. Semi, a, <laughs> a, semi, a, a semicolon is the one with the, like the dot and then the comma. Okay. But yeah. yeah. So this is how it goes. It just comes straight out. Really black, really plain. It's like really plain. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased, they shall not rise. Mm-hmm. Then it says, Therefore have you visited and destroyed them and made all their memory perish. Mm-hmm. So this is a really strong verse. It's really just putting it out there. Isaiah is like, okay, let me state this plainly. Well, this is God through Isaiah. Like, let me state this plainly. Mm-hmm. They're dead, they shall not live. They're deceased, they shall not rise. You've destroyed them and even their memory is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we look at this particular passage, and if you know that was the only thing the Bible had to say about death, it would be rather discouraging. It's incredibly bleak. You would be disappearing into blackness, and that would not be a whole lot of fun. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so then... That's not all that the Bible has to say in this particular passage right here. Uh, Verse 19. Verse 19, it continues on. It says, But those who die in the Lord will live. Their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. Okay, so is verse 14 the last word on death? No. There's a contrast when you come down Mm. to verse 19, and the Bible speaks about those who will be resurrected. Mm. But when the Bible speaks about those who will not be resurrected, there's a second death right here. Mm. When the Bible speaks about that, it's pretty plain. They're Mm. not living for eternity Mm. anywhere Mm. in limbo, purgatory, or hellfire. Mm. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. They have perished. They have been destroyed. Mm. You know, I, I actually, right now, I'm studying the Bible with a guy, and he is from China. And he is comes, like, he's actually recently kind of become interested in Christianity. He's dating someone who's a Christian, and so he's learning about it, and he's open, and he's accepting it. But then simultaneously, uh, he comes from, like, a more very, very kind of spiritualist background. 
Okay. In China, like a, you know, a lot of Chinese people, a lot of people from these backgrounds are atheists, but I think he's kind of in his mind done a bit of an amalgamation between Christianity and then what he understands from, from dualism and, and whatnot. Uh, and bit of Taoism, bit of Buddhism. Bit of, that's right. All that kind of stuff. You know, him. we were talking last night and he's like, Oh, but you know, doesn't there need to be a balance of good and evil in the world? And I'm like, no, bro. Like we're talking no, about we the second want... coming. It's like, that's just an excuse for people who want to do some evil that's things. That's right. Like, Oh, it was, we're, the goods are getting out of balance and we need to go and do something evil. But it's so interesting. We were studying last night about the second coming and we're talking about the resurrection of people. And immediately the question is, and again, I feel like it's when we just read the Bible for what it says. Yes. And we get confronted with the reality of the resurrection. Yes. People with these views, he's like, wait, why do they need to resurrect? Aren't they already in heaven? And we read something like this that is just so overwhelmingly clear. It's like God's like, okay, let me write this down in such a way that it can never be misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. And so, then it gets misunderstood. That's right. And, and it gets misunderstood not because people are reading it and misunderstanding it, like like it's difficult to understand. It's not difficult to understand. You just need to read it. <laughs> you just need to look at the words on the page as we've seen. They're dead. They're, they're, they're dead. They're in the cold grave. Dead. I mean, think about how many evil people that have existed in the world and you ask the average Christian, well, where are they? Mm. And they'll say, uh, they are not dead. Mm-hmm. They are living. Mm-hmm. They are not deceased. Mm-hmm. They have risen mm-hmm. and they are in hellfire and have not been destroyed and have not perished. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Bible says they are dead. They shall not live. Mm-hmm. They are deceased. They shall not rise. They have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. They have perished. And I think what's particularly interesting, like, and, and just so straightforward about what's being written here is because you can go to the Psalms and you can read some of the passages about, and, and we're reading here in Isaiah about death and where, you know, describes it as bleak and cold and it describes it, you know, how we see it. People die. Yes. And then in response or in rebuttal to that, someone can say, oh, well, this is talking about the body. You know, but our spirit, like that's that's dwelling in heaven, what and whatnot. But here we see this clean, this clear contrast, as you said, between verse fourteen and verse nine. It says, "But those who die in the Lord will live; their bodies will rise again." Yes, it's like how will they live? Not because their souls in heaven. No, that's right. There's no soul in heaven. Right, their here. body that we'll goes into again. the dirt, as uh-huh. we've just read, everyone dies, goes into the dirt. Their bodies will rise again. That is the means by which people live after they die. Not that their soul floats into heaven or floats down into hell. No, it's like their bodies will yes. rise again. Yes. Mm. Okay, so great passage right here and uh, awesome to spend a little bit of time going through it. Let's let's actually, we've read the two verses that give the contrast. Let's begin in verse 14. Let's work our way through it and let's see what this prophecy is actually all about. Oh, yeah, sure. Back to verse 14. Back to verse 14, and it, then uh, we'll continue verse 15, 16, 17. Uh, yeah, right just, just read through. Yeah. Those who serve before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attack them and destroy them, and they are long forgotten. Now, my Bible says their departed spirits yeah, never Yeah, whatever. Never return. What is new it? lame translation. That's right. Well, like, yes. we oh, see the original. <laughs> I, like, I agree. Like, this yeah. is incorrectly translated. Um, and especially if we were, were to open up an interlinear Bible and to read the Hebrew on this one, it would yes. very clearly show. It's like, oh, what is their spirit that it's talking about? It's not using the word ghost. 
The word spirit isn't even, isn't even, isn't even in this passage. Even, but even if it was, yeah. even if this was a, a word-for-word translation of what was going on, which it's totally not, uh, their departed spirits, the word spirit, we, we discussed this on, on air before, the word spirit in the Old Testament, the word ruach, the word ruach is not a cinnamon, a cin- cinnamon, is not a synonym with ghost. It is a cinnamon, nope. it, it is a synonym with the word breath. They're talking yes. about the breath of life, you know, the catalyst for life. Continues on though, uh, you attack them and destroy them and they are long forgotten. Oh Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great and you have extended our borders and we give you the glory. Lord, in distress, we searched for you and we prayed beneath the burden of your discipline. Just as pregnant women writhes and cries out in pain as she gives birth, so were we in your presence, Lord. We too writhe in agony, but nothing comes of our suffering. We have not we have not given salvation to the earth, nor brought life into the world, but those who die in the Lord will live again. Their bodies will rise again. Okay. Let's 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 work our way through this. This mm. is actually a prophecy that is all about the return of Christ. Mm. Begins with this, you know, they're dead, they won't live, they're deceased, they won't rise, mm. um, they've been destroyed, they're perished. Mm-hmm. Then it says, uh, You have increased the nation, O Lord, you have increased the nation, you are glorified, you have removed it far to the ends of the earth. Mm. Uh, Lord, in trouble have they visited you, they have poured out a prayer. Why? When you were chastening upon them, like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery is in pain and cries out in pangs, so have we been in your sight, O Lord. Now, mm. that's a really interesting metaphor that Isaiah uses right Mm. there. Because when Jesus talks about his return, he gives the signs of the times. Mm. He talks about how there's going to be terrible things happening in the world just before he comes Mm -hmm. back. And he says that all of these terrible things that will be happening in the world just before he comes back will be like birth pains, Mm. labor pains. Mm. That's how he describes it. You know, we have been with child. We've been in pain. We have... As it were brought forth wind, we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. And so you've got this situation here where the Bible is saying that, you know, God's people have been trying to bring deliverance to the world. They've been trying to save the world. And they're like, we haven't been able to. Mm. The place is wrecked. Uh, Then it goes on to talk about the resurrection, Mm. uh, where it says, you know, your dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that live in the dust, and your Jew that is the Jew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out her dead. And this is why Jesus uses the metaphor of giving birth as a symbol of the return of Christ. Mm. Because in the metaphor of giving birth, you've got this great symbol here of uh, of how Jesus will come back in that there is increasing amount of pain and suffering leading up to a very blessed event. Mm. And here you've got this increasing amount of pain and suffering that Isaiah is talking about that then leads up to the blessed event of the resurrection. Mm. And then you come to verse 20. Come, my people, enter into your chambers. Shut your doors around you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is overpassed. And so now you come through to the time of the seven last plagues. So you've got the birth pains, Mm. and then you've got the seven last plagues. Mm. And as the seven last plagues fall on the earth, God's people are protected during this time period. The Bible says that the temple is filled with smoke, with a cloud of smoke. 
from the glory of God. And that cloud of smoke is directing our minds back to, you know, because the Bible says they sing the song of Moses mm. there in Revelation 15 and the temple is filled with the cloud of smoke. And that's directing our minds back to the cloud that Moses followed with the Israelites mm. when they came out of Egypt and went into the promised land. And the famous psalm that talks about the seven last plagues talks about he that hides under the shadow of the Almighty. Mm. Come into your chambers, shut your doors about you, hide yourself, the Bible says, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is overpassed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Time for one more question for our quiz before we finish off our Bible study for this morning. That's right. One last question. What did Hannah promise God would... Okay, wait. What did Hannah promise God would never touch her son's head? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do, you go into the draw to win our amazing KJV Bible and Answers to Difficult Bible Text by Joe Cruz. But again, that question was, what did Hannah promise God would never touch her son's head? 0491-064-669. I hope the answer isn't shampoo because people should wash their hair i know this is biblical times hey this is this controversial it's very controversial i know some people never touch shampoo never put shampoo in their hair ever yeah i've heard people that apparently if you don't use shampoo it just washes itself or something but but wash wash their head every day if not twice a day never use shampoo but then those people also get dreadlocks no wow yeah it's a thing. Yeah. Not my thing. Um, if it's your thing, let me know. But it's not my <laughs> thing. All right. Uh, where are we going to? We're going to Revelation chapter 15. I want you to notice, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this because okay. this is this great verse right here. In, in, uh, and I just want to spend some timing on it. You know, come, my people, enter into your chambers, shut your doors about you, hide yourself as it were for a moment until the indignation is overpassed. Just a great promise right there. And in Revelation chapter 15, the Bible begins by talking about uh, the final generation that is alive when Jesus comes mm. back. And you have that in verse 2 and 3. Why don't you start for us there in verse 2 and 3, please? It says, I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statute or his mark and the number representing his name. They all they were all holding harps that God had given them, and they were all singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Okay, so when we look at this particular passage here, uh, we find that we are directed to the Exodus story. Mm. But we are also speaking about the last generation. How do we know we're speaking about the last generation? Because they're standing on a sea of glass before yes. God, which yes. is a very interesting place to be standing. Yes, but anybody but can also, stand there when they get to heaven. But also, they have the victory over the beast, over his yes, statute but, uh, and over okay. his number. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's what it says. Over the, they have victory over the mark of the beast. There's one piece there that you've missed out because here's what I would argue. I would argue that people have had victory over the beast for the last uh, 1,500 years. Mm-hmm. I would argue people have had victory over the image to the beast for the last 200 years. I would ha- argue that people have had a victory over the number of the beast for probably the last 1,500 years. But there's one clue here in this passage 
that can only apply to the last generation. They're holding harps. No. No, I know. No. That's not it. Uh, uh, what gained victory over the mark of the beast. That's what, that's what I just read. Yes. That's what his statue is. Asked, no, his statue is, is, the image is different from the mark. No, well, my Bible just says who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number of his Let me read it for you. Let me read it for you. <laughs> King James Version, here we go. Uh-huh. I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire and those that had gotten the victory over the beast mm-hmm. and over his image, mm-hmm. it was says that, mm-hmm. and over his mark, mm-hmm. it was left that out. Yeah. That's critical. Uh-huh. And over the number of his name. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave that out, then this is not the last generation. This is all of the saved. Uh. But when you leave that in, this is the last generation. Mm. This is uh, and the last generation is a, a, a terrible word to use because everybody gets all bent out of shape when you talk about it because they suddenly apply all kinds of things to it, like oh, last generation theology. Don't go applying stuff to it. Mm-hmm. The simple reality is that it's obvious there will be. A generation that is the final one to live on this earth. Yeah. Try not to use the word last. No, let's just use it because it makes sense. Yeah, there will be right. a group of people who will see Jesus come back without yes. dying. Yes. They are the last generation. Yes, let's post, just they have put the to be. Out they there. have to because every other generation has died. Yes. There will be, okay, so there will be a generation <laughs> who has not died when Jesus That's comes right. back. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh-huh. We, can't, we can't call them the last generation. We, we can call, call we them can, whatever we want. No, we, you can't yes, call them that. Yes, we can. It's a legal word. They're just, they're just a we're bunch of people. They're a bunch of people who didn't die. They're standing there watching Jesus come back. And yeah, if, if we were immortal as human beings, we wouldn't have a last generation. We're not immortal, so therefore we have a last generation. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of how it is, right? That's very, very true. <laughs> Uh-huh. There would be lots of generations standing there with us. Yes. But, no, these are those who have the victory over the mark of the beast, which we know is only an issue for those who are the last generation. Okay, so um, then we've got – then so, so we're, we're talking about the last generation here, mm-hmm. and then the Bible directs our attention back to – uh, the Song of Moses. Mm. They sing the Song of Moses. It, talk, it directs it about, us back to the Exodus. So if you go find the Song of Moses, it's found in Exodus chapter 15. Mm. It's a song of that is led by Miriam. So it's the song of a woman. Mm. Woman is a symbol of a church. The song of a church, the end of time. Okay, so you start to see some parallels here. Mm. But let's look at the Exodus and see what lessons we can learn from the Exodus. So God's people are in a foreign land, right? Mm. They don't belong there. Uh-huh. It's not their home. There's a ruler who doesn't want to give them up. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep them at all costs. Uh, God pours out plagues, mm-hmm. seven of them specifically on the Egyptians, mm-hmm. exclusively on the Egyptians. There's a ceiling that takes place, blood on the doorpost. Mm. They face annihilation. They come to, they follow the cloud. They come to the Red Sea. When they get to the Red Sea, they've got the Red Sea in front of them, mountains either side, and the Egyptian armies behind them. Mm. They're about to be wiped out. God steps in and delivers them miraculously by leading them across the Red Sea. Mm. God then annihilates their enemies, takes them to the promised land, and they sing the song of Moses on the shores of the Red Sea having been delivered. Mm. And so then we bring that down to the end of time, and what do we have? God's people are living in a foreign land, a world of sin. We live under a ruler who does not want to give us up. His name is Satan. The Bible says that seven last plagues will be poured out 
on this earth. The Bible says that a sealing will take place. The Bible says that God's people find will face annihilation with no place to escape. Mm. The Bible says that God will step in and miraculously deliver his people. The Bible says that God's enemies will be annihilated and that God's people will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. So you know, there's a lot of parallels here where the mm. Bible is very clearly directing our attention. It's like if you want to understand end-time events, go and study the Exodus. Mm-hmm. And when you go and study the Exodus, you find that they are following, protected by, guided by a cloud of smoke. Yes. It's a cloud by day. It is smoke by night. It provides warmth. It provides shade. It provides all of those kind of things. You go down here a little bit further, and the Bible says that the temple of God was filled with smoke Mm. from the presence of God. Um, and no one was able, no man was able, no human was able to enter into the temple till the seven eight, plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Why? Because probation is closed. Jesus is on his way back to this earth. Mm. And people freak out over it like, oh, no, there's no intercessor in the sanctuary in heaven. What am I going to do right now? The Bible says Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to worry about living without an intercessor. Mm. You have to worry about living without Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you're not living without Jesus, you've got nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. If you are living without Jesus, you're in trouble. But this is why the Bible says, come, shut yourself in for a moment until the indignation is overpassed. This is why the Bible says, he who abides under the shadow of the Almighty, that is Exodus language. Mm-hmm. Those under the shadow are those under the cloud that has filled the sanctuary and are protected mm-hmm. during this particular time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Breakfast show here on Faith FM, and we're going to have some answers for our quiz questions. Let's see how many of them you got right this morning. All right, answers for the quiz. How long did the Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant? It was for seven months. Which church does Paul write to about the Lord's Supper? That's Corinth. Complete the passage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We're talking about children and guiding them and directing them. Yeah, obey your parents, for this is right. Right. Rahab was saved from the city of Jericho and its destruction by the Israelites. And finally, Hannah promised God that a razor would never touch her son's head. Those were the answers for the quiz. Right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, our question today comes from David. And David asks, when the Christian dead that are in the graves meet Jesus in the sky... How long after that till the living Christians leave this earth to do the same? I think this may come from a misunderstanding of the passage. Mm. So I think the passage that is being referred to is this one in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. The Bible says this, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, so there's two ways of reading the passage, um, and one of them is actually the correct way. But here in verse 16, you know, the Bible says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, what often happens at this particular point is because the next verse talks about the righteous being caught up into the sky to meet Jesus in the air, many people read the passage and just assume that the word rise means rising into the air. No, 
That's not what the word rise means in the context of this passage. It means rise from the dead, rise from the grave. Okay, so let's read it in that context now, and let's give ourselves a chronology so that we can actually see what's happening in these passages. The Lord himself shall descend. So there's where it starts. Jesus comes down from heaven with a shout. The Bible describes that the voice as the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. That's the last trumpet. So with a shout and the trumpet call, and it's that trumpet call that brings the dead back to life. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, the Bible says that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, mm. we shall be raised incorruptible, immortal. So here's what, <coughs> here's what happens. The Lord descends. There's a shout. There's the voice of the archangel. There's the trumpet of God. And the resurrection takes place. Now, when the resurrection takes place, the dead are now alive, standing on the surface of the earth. Alongside the living who are already alive. Now, not literally alongside. I mean, some of them might be. You might be standing beside somebody who's resurrected or the nearest resurrected person might be 100 kilometres away. I don't know. But we're all standing on the earth together. Mm. Okay, so then you go to verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain, so those of us who are still alive, shall be caught up together with them. Mm -hmm. So notice when it comes to meet the Lord in the air, we are caught up together with those who have just been resurrected and those who are still alive are caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so when we look at the question here, when we look at the question here, we find that, let me just flick this around very quickly. Oh, where did it go? It's gone. The question here is gone. Uh, when the Christian dead are in the graves, that are in the graves meet Jesus in the sky, how long after that till the living Christians leave this earth to do the same? We actually leave the earth at the same time. Mm. Uh, and we meet Jesus in the sky at the same time. It all happens at the same time. And that's why the Bible says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The Bible doesn't tell us to comfort one another you know, with the promise like, oh, they're in a better place, they're in heaven, whatever mm. it might be. The Bible says, comfort one another with the promise of the resurrection. Mm. So when you go to a funeral, the Bible said, the Bible tells you to comfort each other with the promise of the resurrection, not with statements like, oh, he's in a better place right now, he's seeing Jesus right now, he's in the choir in heaven right now. No, the Bible says, comfort one another with the fact that he will be raised again mm. someday in the future to be with Jesus in the clouds in heaven. Got a number of text messages coming through here right at the end, so let's run through those real quick. Janelle wants to know what my friend washes their hair with, and the answer is just water. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, then Patricia, Patricia says, bless you, love this morning, and you'll laugh to Lawson, keep laughing. <laughs> okay. And then Wayne says, good morning, every day I keep reminding myself, I'm already dead, hopefully I'll live each day as it's my last without selfishness. Amen. It's not that I live, it's not I that live, but Jesus who lives in me. Have a great day. Uh, that one's from Wayne. Mm. And just wanted to also say that we just love the amount of questions that are coming through for Question of the Day. We've got quite mm. a backlog happening here at the moment, which is just fantastic. So keep them coming through. If you have not heard yours yet, stay tuned because we ha there has not ever been a question that we have not answered here on The Breakfast mm. Show. And it, just check through the podcasts if you missed a breakfast show and you can check there. The full title of each question is written down and you can look up the answer for your question right there on the Breakfast Show podcast. So um, if you miss one of the question of the days, you can go back and check and see whether yours has already been done or mm. not. Fantastic stuff. All right. 
as you go through this day. Do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.